What is going on, folks? This past weekend, the most anticipated movie of the year, most likely, dropped The Last Jedi. And there's been a lot of it's made a lot of money, first of all. I think already over past 450 million. And there's been a lot of opinions on it. So uh, let's just jump right into it. My initial reactions, I loved it. Coming out of the theater, I it was reminiscent to how I felt when I first saw A New Hope. And it's ironic because The Force Awakens was the one most like The New Hope. But for this one, I loved it. Just my initial reaction and... I would I would say it's in the my top I don't I don't know what specific number top 5 or top 3 or whatever but it's definitely up there potentially my favorite Star Wars movie ever. That being said, I'm not ready to give it the number 1 spot yet. I might have to see it a, a few more times. Like a handful more times before I can solidify that, but I loved it. It it just felt Ryan Johnson took the franchise to a whole different avenue. It felt very refreshing, and you you have to you have to admit that with all when I after I saw The Force Awakens, I definitely liked the movie, but like many other people, after you got out of the theater, you were like, "Wow, that New Hope remake was pretty good," and that's what The Force Awakens felt like to me. Obviously, they still had their little bits and pieces of what makes it a Ray story. But overall, it felt very reminiscent of the original movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But in terms of risk, it was it was very risk um, risk. It, it didn't take many risks. But the um, Last Jedi took many risks. They like this movie constantly had things that made me go, "What did they really just do?" Like, like can we just talk about? A specific scene where Leia, where after Kylo Ren didn't blow up the ship and it looked like the First Order lackeys did it. And then Leia just flew out of the ship. I was like, did, bro, did they really just kill Leia like that in the most nonchalant? It wasn't really nonchalant. The freaking cruiser got blown up, but it was like for her character, you were like, dang, did they really just do her like that? And then... She used to force Superman. That's what the move was called. Back to the ship. And that scene was drawing for a lot. A lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how the force works. But it's like, but that's not how the force works according to you. But according to the people who make Star Wars, that's what it can do. And I feel like this force is something that, like the rules for it, if you're going to the EU, I know EU is not canon, but the rules for it have been, pretty much interpreted differently depending on who's doing it, the medium and, and for it a little bit, not necessarily the basic foundations of it, which I don't think Ryan Johnson destroyed. He expanded on the lore of it, but he didn't break it down and make it obsolete. So the fact that Leia could do that, I was like, I was intrigued. I, I liked it. Cause it's like, first of all, it was the first time to, we've seen her use the force and for and it's always been said that she's more powerful than Luke with it. So just to see her use that technique was very 
I loved it. It was like just the grandiosity of what she did was enough. And then she, once she finally touched the space, the door of the ship, and then they had to put her into the, uh, send her to the infirmary. Uh, it, w- it was just that whole scene was just like a whoa. And I liked it. A lot of people didn't, but I, I, I dug it. I just, I just love the fact that Ryan Johnson is not afraid to not make up new rules, but just expand the rule book. Just like how in any sport, the NBA, over the decades, they have a basic foundation of rules, but the game has evolved because they've updated it, they've made it new, and I feel like that's what you got to do if you're, if you're not, if you're trying to not make a remake. And the big issue that a lot of people had with The Force Awakens and Rey's character in general was that Rey was a Mary Sue character. She is this kid that just found out she can use the Force, didn't even know what the heck it was. Now, she's stronger than Kylo Ren. She knows how to use Jedi mind tricks and all of that. And though I wasn't too bothered by that in The Force Awakens, it was like, okay, she's the main character. The fight has to look cool, right? But I understand that problem, like, she's just automatically so strong. But it's like, it was hinted that she was just naturally strong with the Force. But in terms of lightsaber martial arts or lightsaber proficiency, that, that did seem kind of kind of um, out of place in The Force Awakens. Especially since, like, Finn was a former stormtrooper, so he has training and weaponry. And... And he still lost to Kylo Ren, which makes sense. Kylo Ren is was part of one of the Knights of Ren. He was trained by Luke. So he is very proficient with the Force and lightsaber combat. And Finn is a former stormtrooper, knows, probably knows sword combat, light sword combat as well. And that showed. So he put up a decent fight, but in the end was still beaten by Kylo, but Rey, who has never held a lightsaber or that type of weaponry, I'm assuming before, is still, then, um, but whatever, I, I came to terms with it, and I was like, that didn't derail me from The Force Awakens too much, but fast forward to The Last Jedi, and I'm just gonna jump right into a specific scene in the end, when, after, um, Kylo, kills Snoke and Ray and him um start fighting the the guards in Snoke's chamber. I forgot their specific name, but they were all red and they had anti lightsaber weapons, which was so cool. But anyway, when they started fighting, you could definitely tell that Kylo was more trained than her because uh I from what I can remember in that specific scene, I need like I said, I need to see the movie more. It was so much to take in, but it seemed as if she was she was fighting against one of the guards and she was kinda like having trouble with it. But Kylo, I think Kylo was fighting like three or four of them at once and he was putting actually putting up a decent fight. Like he he took a lot of them out. Or well, there weren't like hundreds of them, but he took a decent amount of them out by himself when it was like one V four or one V three. And, but those were like Snoke's guards. And I'm, I'm so mad. I can't remember the name, but they're like literally trained to kill Jedi. And the fact that he could even take 
the that many out by himself was amazing. But he eventually got bested. But um, Ray, she had trouble dealing with one. I don't think she actually defeated one herself. Um, well, she did at the she did right at the end and before she helped Kylo, and then they did a thing where she he got she sent him the lightsaber and then he like behind the right behind him. That was cool, but I like that scene. I guess it was pretty subtle, but I don't know if many people picked up on that aspect. And that's something that reminded me of the Force Awakens. That why is Ray so so this when she never had training? But in that scene, you could definitely tell Kylo was more adept to this type of environment than Ray. And that was just a cool little tidbit that I found interesting. I don't know if Ryan Johnson did it on purpose, but I definitely picked up on it. But that being said, she still did have other instances where it wasn't necessarily lightsaber battling, but the use of the Force that probably exceeded the average user. And, excuse me, it is implied, or not implied, it's explicitly told to us that she is an exceptional force user around with um exceptionally strong force user in the same vein as Kylo. So there's that, but she's no lightsaber master. This movie was universally loved by critics and a lot of fans has a high, like 93 Ron tomatoes has like an 8.1 or 8. Oh, on IMDb, which IMDb is literally a site for, or the the ratings are just by fanboys. So when I see like a lot of articles saying that this movie is very divisive, I mean, yes, again, it's divisive in the sense that the people who didn't like it write a lot on social media and on the internet. But if the IMDb score is 8.0 and fanboys are spare no like general love if they hate it they're gonna bomb it so it still has a relatively high imdb score so i want to say the majority of fans still liked it but that being said there were a lot of people who did not like it and a lot of people who like literally viscerally like hated this movie with every being of their fiber and i want to say i understand why but it's just it I don't think it's a very good reason why they hate it as much as they do. And I understand if you dislike it from a movie standpoint. Like, I'm not talking about this being a sequel to Star Wars, but necessarily like if you had problems with like pacing, performances, whatever, just like the general things people have with movies, I feel like that Yeah, that's your opinion, that's how you felt about it. That doesn't necessarily make it true or not true. It's just you didn't get from this movie what you wanted. But I feel like a lot of because of of this being Star Wars, a lot of people take it to a whole a whole nother level. And this is why this is where I draw um, comparisons to Star Wars and Avatar. And I'm not just talking about Kylo Ren being Prince Zuko. I'm talking about. Um, the Legend of Korra, the sequel series to Avatar: The Last Airbender, and though that show was also universally loved by critics and in general fans loved it, there were a lot of people who hated it because they felt like it didn't live up or it's not what they expected or wanted from a sequel. 
And I feel like from 1977, when Star Wars first came out, this is an issue that people are going to have with the movie like The Last Jedi. It being so different and so divergent from what is known and was consistent with how they viewed Star Wars stories should, quote unquote, be made. And I see that's probably part of a lot of the reasons why. Because this movie, like in, in the trailer where Luke goes, this is not going to go the way you think. That was literally a direct message to the all the Star Wars um, fans. Well, a subsection of Star Wars fans with all the theories, all the crazy this and that. How is this going to be this, this, this? And he, Ryan Johnson said, nah, to hell with all your theories. Like, that means nothing. Snoke is nothing. He was just killed. Ray's parents are nobodies. She's a nobody. And it doesn't matter. And I love that because it's like people, they spent like two years making all these theories about this and that. And it's just like just because that's how you want it to be. And that's how stars was before. Doesn't mean everything has to be this and that. Like she doesn't have to be secret twins or secret child of Luke's. Like who the he- who were Obi Wan Kenobi's parents? It doesn't matter. He was still a great Force user, Jedi Master. It's like, and that's the point. It's like who were Ray's parents? Who cares who Ray's parents are? This is about Ray. This is not about her parents. And Snoke, I like. I don't even really understand. Like I don't know about the novels or whatever. All the stuff regarding Snoke outside the canon movie universe. Or just outside the movie universe itself. But I, for the past two years, I didn't theorize or anything about Snoke. I was just going to be like, this is how they're going to do Snoke. I'm, I'm going to see how they do it. Ryan Johnson, just go with go what, go with whatever. I didn't really care too much about it because I don't want to be theorizing for two years because I, I would just, you know, it's too much. And I feel like because of that, I was fine with it. It's like Snoke is this big, bad, powerful guy. All these theories about who can be, who cares? He was just sliced in half, and this is about Kylo, and I love that aspect. Not, I'm not saying if he had a deeper backstory, deeper ties, that would have been bad. But I loved, I just loved the fact that Ryan Johnson was not scared to say, "Who cares about your fan theories? This is how I'm doing Star Wars, and this is who Snoke is, a nobody who's just dead now." And another big issue a section of the fan base had with The Last Jedi was how they dealt with Luke Luke um, Skywalker's character. A lot of people felt that this was not Luke. This was not the Luke they knew. Luke wouldn't do this. Why is Luke dead? And they're 100% right, but not in the way they think. Haha, <laughs> callback. Yeah, that is not Luke that you knew in 1977. This is a different person. This is many years later. The traumatic experience of Kylo Ren, him thinking or having Kylo think that he wanted to kill him and just the fact that he slaughtered all his um, all his disciples, except for a handful Knights of Ren. We'll talk about that later. And just having that trauma, he's just literally done with all of it. He's done with Jedi, done with the Force. He cut himself off from the Force. It's been presumably decades. We don't know how long he's been living without the Force He since he cut it off. And he's just done with it. And this is a fundamentally different person than the Luke before. So about when people say Luke wouldn't do this, Luke wouldn't do that. It's like, who are you? What are you talking about, man? It's like, what you? this is not the same kid from the Return of the Jedi. This is someone who has 
fundamentally changed his mindset of the world due to his past traumatic experiences. So his actions are wholly consistent with someone in his position and how they would act, regardless of whether he was your childhood hero 20 years ago or whatever. Even going to the first scene where we, where Ray hands him the lightsaber that meant so much to him, he just tosses it over his head. And I, I know a lot of people were like, that's a scene that he would deal with with more emotion and it shouldn't be played for a comedic note. But I feel like it's one of those things where it was a comedic note because of the situation to the audience. Like when Luke did that, I don't think he was trying to do a shtick with that. He literally did not want to see this and he was done. So he threw it over his shoulder in attention that, yes, the director knew that it was going to come off as a shit can be funny in the audience sense, but in terms of Luke's character in the movie universe in that specific scene, I don't think he did that as a comedic, I don't care. He did that as a literally, I'm done, I don't care. And the way he walked off, he wasn't giving a smile or doing a bit. He was literally done. So he threw it over his shoulder because he didn't even want to deal with it. And, and, and there were other people saying that Luke's not a coward, but where where in this movie did he show cowardice he showed a moment of weakness because of what he saw within his lineage with kylo ren and he hesitated and he like he said he admitted it was a moment of weakness he thought about doing this but he didn't and then that led to the downfall of his whole discipleship and everything and the fact that he's staying on an island is not him being a coward he's not scared to fight kylo ren he's just wholly disappointed with himself with all that happened and he he's just fed up he's not scared he's just fed up and it's understandable and let's go to his um supposed death and i don't like first of all he's not he's gonna come back he's not dead like literally we had yoda come back and freaking burn down a tree with lightning. Luke, the character of Luke Skywalker is not gone. He's going to return in the force form. So just that aspect, just because he's technically not alive doesn't mean that he's gone. And also, if he is, he is. This is not, this is another thing for all the old time fans with theories and everything. This is not Luke Skywalker, Skywalker's story. Similar to how the prequels, Obi-Wan Kenobi was a huge part of the prequels because he was a huge part of Anakin's life and story. In the New Hope, with in the New Hope, he died at the end of that movie, near the end of that movie. That's not Obi-Wan's Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi's story. This is Luke Skywalker's story. He mattered in the first, in the previous three movies with Anakin. He doesn't matter as much now. Regardless of Luke Skywalker's impact in the Star Wars universe. This is not his story anymore. Whether or not he comes back for how long in different forms, it's not really important. This is Ray and those other characters' story. This is not Luke Skywalker's story anymore. So one issue I did have with the movie was the character of well, first of all, just the whole Canto Blight Bright thing. 
I honestly, I didn't hate it, but it was for sure the weakest part of the movie. It kind of felt, it, well, it didn't kind of feel, it was definitely a backdoor into episode nine with the kids, and I'll get to that later as well. But, yeah, it wasn't the strongest part of the movie, but I didn't hate it, so it didn't take away my overall experience from this movie. I still loved it. So felt it was one of the best Star Wars movies ever. But that part was kind of weak, and also Phasma's character. She, I, I can't remember her name, Brienne from Game of Thrones, but I, I can't remember the actress's name, but she with John Boyega was in so much of the marketing, every single interview and whatnot. And Captain Phasma was just as meaningless in this movie as The Force Awakens. And I think that was actually kind of Ryan Johnson. <laughs> when I think about it, they're not stupid. He definitely did that on purpose. They built it up so much with her in all the marketing that she was going to be such a huge part. But she was pretty insignificant. Maybe that was another type of like F you to the fan theories and stuff. But in that aspect, I didn't really care for that because it's like whether or not she's in the marketing, that doesn't mean that when you put her in the movie for five minutes, it's not still stupid. Like it, it's a funny joke in retrospect for like a minute, but it's like, is it really? Because she shows up. She's yeah. She has like, what, three minutes of screen time. And but I don't think she's dead, though, which is the thing. So maybe they're going to finally do her retribution in episode nine because she a part of the um her armor, her helmet breaks and you see her eye. Then she falls into the pit. But I don't think she's and she falls into the fire and a Anakin Skywalker was in lava and, and he became Darth Vader. So I don't think she's dead because I refuse to believe that they're that stupid. Or not stupid, but that they're just that trolly with Captain Phasma. They they're going for like an extended troll, like like how you thought she was gonna be big in this, she'd be big in episode nine. But I swear, if she actually is just dead, that that's hilarious, but in the dumbest way possible. Cause she had, like, she literally she's existed just for Finn's character development, which in itself is not bad. But if you're gonna do that. Don't make her such a big part of the marketing and push her so much if she's just there for Finn's character development. Well, <laughs> yeah, because it like after they had their fight and she beat him or he beat her, he was like, I'm rebel scum. So he finally fully committed to being a rebel. So we, I guess, needed her for Finn's admit that's himself. But did we really need her that much? I don't know. That was like my main thing was like she was kind of wasted and I don't like she's cool. Like I know there was a novel that came up, uh, came out about her Phasma, which uh, I'll check out one of these days. But I feel like that for people who read that novel, they probably felt worse about it because it's like knowing her backstory and whatnot. You want to see more of her. You want to see more of her in action. You want to see consequences of what she does or what is done to her and then she just fights for two minutes and then falls in fire so yeah that was like one of my main issues but other than that i really don't have too many negatives to say about this movie one more point of intrigue but not necessarily a criticism 
was um, just a, a more of the backstory and involvement with the Knights of Ren. Because Luke mentions that after Kylo Ren slaughtered the disciples, he went, went away with a group, a group of them. And most likely, you don't need to go through like many logical logical hula hoops to know that that's mo they were most likely the Knights of Ren. And the only time I really saw them, it was in a flashback vision or vision that Rey had of them in The Force Awakens with Kylo standing in, in the middle with his red lightsaber and then they were all in the back and so they look they look really cool and I thought we were going to get more about them in episode 8 but I'm actually fine we didn't because this movie had so much already there was so much stuff jam-packed into this movie that I'm fine with not having Knights of Ren but I definitely want to see them and I see them explored more in episode 9 and I feel like we will now that Kylo is de facto supreme leader I want to see if he brings that back because he was he when Snoke told him, take that ridiculous thing off, talking about his mask he wore just to be like Vader. He broke it and he's let it go. Maybe he's going to have a new one now. With, he's going to bring back the Knights of Ren. He's going to form them or expand them or whatever. And he's going to have a new because I feel like it'd be dumb to have because they're all going to be in their mask and he's just going to stand there with no mask or maybe it wouldn't be. I don't know. Maybe Adam Driver wants to FaceTime. He probably does. He'll probably have a good fair of time without the mask on. But I still want to. It still just be cool. Because I don't know. Characters with masks are just cool. <laughs> like his introduction. Or that is Kylo Ren's introduction in The Force Awakens. That was really cool. Just because he was very menacing. Behind the mask. And I just. I don't want him to be. A copy of Vader. I want him to be have the same effect as vader if that makes sense i want when when he walks into the room for people to like cower in fear even though to be honest in the new hope people talk back to vader and like disrespect him all the time but they did get force choked the heck out of him after they did so people were definitely scared of him to an extent and general Hux got a little bit of taste of that in this movie when um when he was like, you're the supreme leader, da, 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 da. he was like, supreme leader is dead. And then Hux was like, getting forced to long live the supreme leader. He was like, that's what I thought. But yeah, I want to see, it's going to be interesting to see the Hux and uh, Kylo dynamic moving forward. But yeah, and just going back to Kylo's character, Kylo Ren is uh, probably my favorite character in this whole trilogy. I just find his character very compelling. Because his motives make sense. And I, I like the fact that he's fully committed to the dark side. Because um, Anakin Anakin was, was always the reluctant evildoer. He was like, I want to do the good thing. But at the end, the bad thing just catches me. And then that's I'm in it. It's just like, I desperately don't want to be. But it's just like, I can't fight it. But Kylo Ren is the opposite. He wants to commit to the dark side. But the light side keeps like keeps like snatching him for brief seconds or moments. But he he's just like you could tell he wanted to blow up the ship with Carrie Fisher or sorry, R.I.P. with Princess Leia in it, General Leia now in it. But he hesitated and didn't. And that's the light side still talking to him. Darth Vader would have been the opposite. He'd fly in, wanting to not do it. 
but as soon as he's about to turn around, his hand just slip, boop, blow it up, all dead. So yeah, I just like the fact that he's committed to the dark side, but the light side keeps fighting him. But he's just going deeper and deeper into the hole, and I don't know if he'll ever come out. That's yeah. So man, Kyle Ren, and also Adam Driver's performance is just amazing. He brings so much just raw emotion and feeling into that role. He's just he's a very emotional villain. Also, in a sense, unlike Vader, Vader was cool, calm, collected, and just, yeah, he would just kill you and not even think about it. But Kylo Ren is just very emotionally over, he's just over the top emotional, and I like it. He's a very intriguing character. This is Star Wars for a new generation. The Force Awakens came out in 2015, and you have to believe that a lot of the viewers were not just 40-year-old fans who have been there for since forever. These were kids like how they were kids in the 1980s who were just getting involved in Star Wars and growing up with it, and this is their new generation. So I feel like that's for a lot of people who hated the last jedi like they did this is something that they didn't they or not didn't but can't think to come to terms with that this is not star wars for you this is star wars for now and the future thanks for listening and if you like please subscribe rate and review on itunes and you can give a follow on twitter at sasd pod and thanks and see you next time